0: Love, talk Radio The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment tips from top teaching professionals helping you improve your game from tea to green good morning welcome to the women of golf the number one women's golf show around the world with hosts ted Odorico and cindy miller join them as they interview some of the best players from the epson LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So, without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy.
1: All right. Good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted Oderico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning,
2: Ted. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, I'm I'm looking outside and the sun is actually shining for for a change. We've been in a dark and dreary rainy weather for the last almost two weeks and I know there's still some in the the forecast, but I'm going to breathe in and take in as much sun as I can today and uh, hopefully uh, enjoy it a little bit before the next uh, round of rain comes in our way. But uh, other than that, I'm doing very well. How about yourself?
2: We're doing well. It's 80 and sunny in Buffalo, believe it or not.
1: Well, send some of that down our way. We need it. Um, All right. We have a great show for you this morning. We're going to be joined here just uh, momentarily by Amelia Garvey. She is uh, an LPGA Epson Tour player. She's been on with us before. And then a little bit later on in the broadcast, we're going to pick up where we uh, didn't do last week, and that is our discussion on what's a good golf warm-up routine. Uh, A lot of people... Uh, not really sure what to do when they're getting ready to play their their next round. How to warm up properly? We're going to give you some pointers on some things, and and uh, again, you can certainly uh, make some modifications that suit you a little bit better. But uh, we're going to give you some guides to uh, to warm up and, and get that routine right before you hit the hit the course. So um, on that note, let me just introduce uh, our, our guest, and then we'll we'll bring her out. Uh, Amelia, as I mentioned, uh, is our special guest this morning. She's a native of Christchurch, of New Zealand. Uh, she played collegially at the University of Southern California and graduated all, uh, a three-time All-American and two-time All-Pac-12 first-team selection. Uh, she helped USC win two Pac-12 titles while playing in the uh, NCAA championships three times. Uh, some of her collegiate highlights include a 2021 appearance in the Augusta National Women's Amateur, uh, two starts in the U.S. Women's Open uh, 2020 and 2021, and a tie for seventh on at the uh, 2019 NCAA uh, championship. And uh, 2022 was her rookie year on the Epson Tour, and she's back to talk about how her 2023 season has been going so far. So, Cindy, let's welcome our, our guest this morning, Amelia Garvey. Good morning.
2: Hello,
3: guys. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Where are you today? Well,
3: um, I'm currently in uh, the UP in Michigan. Um, we I just got here yesterday, so our event this week at uh, the Island Resort and Casino at Sweetgrass uh, Golf Club. So quite far north of where we're usually playing, but it's beautiful up here. That's
2: nice. Ted?
1: Getting getting ready for the next uh, Epson Tour event.
3: Yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's a great track out here, and I uh, had a pretty good good result here last year so really looking forward to this week and um yeah getting out there and playing again after a week off
1: yeah now is that let me ask you before we get into our sort of our general discussion is that tough when you have a week off I know you're probably practiced in that but does that make it tough um when you're when you take a week off like that to get you know back Um, into it
3: yeah, I think I, I learned a lot uh, last year in terms of managing those weeks off. Um, I think last year I I would, you know, stand on the range a bit too much and just try and practice, you know, because we don't really get much time to do proper training um, during uh, a week when we're out, you know, prepping for a tournament. Um, and last year I probably... Did too much of the opposite in my weeks off and didn't really play um, as much and kind of yeah as I said you get out of the groove when you're not playing a tournament. So this year I've definitely tried to play a lot more during my weeks off um, and just kind of stay in that mindset and putting you know putting some little money games on things when I'm going out to play in my in my off weeks. Um, but yeah, I actually I, I stayed in Michigan uh this last week just because we were we were in battle creek uh the week before and then we're up here so i didn't really want to travel i'm still based in la and i didn't really want to travel back to the west coast for five five days or so so i just stayed uh stayed down in michigan
1: yeah that, that, i think that makes sense you can kind of get out there and and work a little bit on your game so we were talking just briefly before uh, we went live And we were talking about where things stand for you right now on the Epson Tour's money list. So you're in 19th spot. You finished um, second in your last tournament, the Epson Tour tournament. So that catapulted you up a little bit. So you're not too far away from getting into that top 10 list, um, which is obviously what you need to get your card uh, to get out on the LPGA. So what do you think you need to do to secure that spot? Obviously, a win is going to move you up but you don't want to just sort of get in there. You want to stay in that top 10 and probably even a little higher up on the on the ranking. So what do you think you need to do based on how you've played so far this season? What's, what's going to be the agenda moving forward as you try to close out the season?
3: Yeah, I think um, for sure it's nice. It's a good spot to be in. Um, I think we're only nine events into the year out of 23. So, um, yeah, it's nice to not be out of it. I think with the bigger prize purses this year, um, people are making a lot more money and I think it's last year it was easier to kind of predict how much money you needed to make to be in that top 10 by the end of the year um, but this year we've had some bigger uh, purses and, a, and an extra tournament put in so you don't really know how much that tenth place is going to be at but um, I know yeah 19th is I'm not far off it at all and just just go out there and keep playing and trust my game that, you know, it's in the right place. And uh, especially coming off of a uh, second place last week, um, it's nice to see that I'm kind of trending a little bit. I had two top 20s the two weeks before that as well. So the game's definitely there. I just think it's about, you know, being smart and um, just keep doing what I've been doing and trusting the process.
1: Yeah, and, and I noticed too, I was looking at some of the stats, uh, getting ready for today, and, and one sort of stuck out to me, um, you know, because obviously you want to position yourself off the tee, and you've got some good distance. I mean, you're hitting two, on average, 289 plus off the tee, which is, is pretty remarkable, uh, by anyone's standard. Um, and so, so distance really isn't the issue for you, and your driving ac- accuracy is about 60 plus percent. So that's pretty good. I mean, obviously, I know you'd probably like to tighten that up a little uh, bit more. But what what else in your game do you think um, really needs to be tightened up to, to help you cinch that top 10 spot?
3: Yeah, I think what I've been working on um, mainly just looking at my own stats is my approach shots from kind of 100 to 150 yards, I'd say, just really trying to um, tighten that up a little bit um, to – you know, my short game's been been really good this year. That's probably been the biggest improvement of mine. But um, I think just being able to give myself more looks at birdie from, you know, that short iron range um, is really going to be the biggest difference for me because I'm always going to have, you know, a lot of short irons in with my distance. And um, I think that's that's the part where you change sort of a one, two under round to a five or six under round, um, is giving yourself more looks from inside 20, 15 feet. Um, so that's what I've been working on. Um, I do think it's, it's getting there. Um, still a little bit of work to do, but I think it's just adding a, a few more shots in the bag. Um, a few more, you know, like half distance, knockdown down shots. So I can really be aggressive with numbers, um, but yeah, it's, I think if I drive it well, um, I'm always going to have a pretty decent round. Um, so definitely tightening, tightening that sixty percent up, and hopefully being able to keep the ball in play um, is a big a big part to my game.
1: Yeah, I mean having having the distance is is great, um, and obviously you've got plenty of distance to to get you out in a good position. Um, yeah, and if you can just you know, tighten up, like you said, that, that uh, dispersion pattern a little bit more, um, then you're going to be a really good spot. And then working on those, those mid irons to to get your approaches in um, a little more solid too, is, is going to make a big, I think a big difference as well. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
2: How have you improved on the short game? What have you done to make the short game better? Did you learn some new shots? Have you changed clubs you're using? What have you done to improve the short game?
3: Um, I think the last year I just I just really struggled with kind of reading reading the lies. Um, I think I definitely got a lot better at that. I've actually had um, a full-time caddy this year who's actually, he's my older cousin um, and he was a head pro at a course in England before coming out to caddy for me full-time. And he's uh, amazing with the short game stuff. So we've done a lot of work on that and just reading lies and actually looking at the shot that's required um, rather than getting up there and hitting it. Um, So I think that's given me a lot more of an understanding of how to, how to play different shots. And I think that's where my confidence comes from is when I've got full clarity of what I'm actually trying to do um, rather than just standing up there and, and hitting it, I guess, you know, I, I, understand what adding loss does, what the ball position does, um, you know, being shallow or being a little bit steeper and how the ball's going to react on the green. Um, So I've definitely had a lot more control in that regard um, just through having more of an understanding of uh, what the lie does and what shots you can then play in order to try and get it as close to the hole as possible.
2: That's awesome. So basically taking more time to think it through and use the right shot for sure. Awesome. And how many greens do you typically hit in a round?
3: Um, I'm looking at probably 14 right now. So I use a stats um, program called UpGain and, I'm usually in the green with my short game, you know, this is mainly strokes game stuff. So I'm usually in the green with my driving uh, just because of the distance I have. Um, And then also my short game is, you know, I've been gaining shots in my putting in my short game, mainly every round. And I've just been losing around one to two uh, in my approach game the last few weeks or so. So that's, you know, it's definitely a dispersion thing, but last week the greens were quite big so I got away with it a little bit more. Um, but the yeah, I'm I'm sitting at around 13 to 14 greens around right now, which definitely could be better. I'd like to have that up around 15 to 16. Um, I think it, it does depend on the course as well. Um, but yeah, I think you know, just giving yourself more more looks um, is definitely going to make it a little bit more stress-free for me.
2: Yeah, but 14 greens around is really good. Right. Like, uh, really yeah, it's really not good.
3: bad. It's <laughs> not bad at all. Um, but I think it's more the dispersion part where it's like, okay, I can hit 14 greens but be 30 feet away on average or something like that. So... It's just getting, when I am hitting greens, actually making sure that I've got... I think, you know, we know that the mate percentage from eight feet is only 45% or something like that. So you kind of need to be giving yourself five or six looks from inside ten feet to have a have a shot at going low. And I think with the Ipsen Tour, with it being three rounds, like, you get someone going in the first round shooting eight or nine under, and you're kind of like, oh, okay, I'm eight shots back before I even start my round. Um, so it's a bit of a all or nothing out here with uh, the way the prize purse is um, distributed, and you kind of got to finish within the top five and have those low rounds to really um, make some progress on, on the money list, so... You know, hitting 14 greens is great, but if you're 30 feet away every time, you know, you, you'll you convert some of those. Um, but to really put up those low rounds, you've got to be in there close. Well, and that's
2: what, again, watching the U.S. Open Sunday, they were talking about how Rory hit 15 greens, but Rory was too far away to make any birdies. Yeah. So, Talk all day about hitting sixteen greens, but if you're thirty or forty feet away, we're not going to brag about it. Yeah, exactly. so, uh, I think
3: that's it's great if you know you you're struggling to put up at least rounds that are around par. But I think if you're really wanting to try and go low and win events out here, you do need to be putting it uh, within that range that you can convert at least five or six of them. Right.
2: Got it. Thank you. Ted.
1: Um, so uh, Amelia, let me ask you just sort of a thought you, you talked about um, approaches are, are really what's sort of holding you back from, from getting those higher um, positions. What's your ball flight typically? Is it, is it, um, you know, a bit of a fade or you draw typically a drawer of the ball and what's, what do you think is causing you're obviously getting the good distance so you're able to reach the greens but your shots obviously sound like they're drifting a little bit one way or the other not able to get them in so what what do you think based on your assessments, happening you're getting the distance but uh, the carry distance and so forth but it's obviously drifting one way or the other typically or is it just an aiming uh, issue is it just you're not aiming it on target um, as much as you think you are and that's causing it to to drift off What, what are your thoughts
3: um, no, I think my my bad tendencies um, have always been to kind of overdraw the ball. Um, I think the last six months or so, I've really tried to work on having that controlled fade, um, especially off the tee, and then also with with the irons. You know, the ball's never going to move as much offline going left to right than it is right to left. Um and I think then, you know, you can be, if you've got a shot pattern, then you can be a lot more confident with your lines and rather than aiming in the middle of the green because you don't know whether it's going to miss left or right. Um, if you know you're not going to miss it left, then you can start to go out a few more pins um, and get it closer to the hole rather than just playing for a bigger, you know, a big dispersion pattern. And... Uh, you know, sometimes maybe being lucky and aiming in the middle of the green and pulling it left or uh, vice versa. So, yeah, it's just really having control over a shot pattern, which um, I've been working on, and that is trying to move it a little bit more left to right. But I always try to play um, more of a straight ball. I don't like to do too much to it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think that, having having a more consistent uh, flight and intention behind it at least um, is what's going to help me get up to that, that next level. And I think out here, you, you know, the Epsom Tour is a great place to actually build a game that, you know, none of us want to be out on the Epsom Tour. You know, it's a great tour, but we're all working at on our games to get up to that next level and... I think it's right. a great place to do it because I don't just want to, you know, get my LPGA card and then not keep it. I want to be able to move up and win events on the LPGA as well. So, almost like looking at this is it's a learning year as well, and it's trying to get better every week to, you know, for the future and being able to go out there and compete with the best girls in the world who do have insane control over their over their ball flights and can hit it both ways and get to, you know, touch pins and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's a learning process for sure. Um, but also, you know, you've got to come out here and play week to week and try and win events as well. So you've got to play within yourself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's you know, the interesting about golf, it's, it's a continual learning curve. And, you know, I think at, at your level, really what you want is – You know, obviously you know you can hit the ball, you can hit it solid, and you can pretty much gauge uh, and get the distances that you need. But as you said, you need to tighten up um, where it's going to go. So, you know, having that maybe three to five yard fade and knowing that that's where it's going to go every time, or certainly most of the time, um, helps in your decision making as well. If you're not certain, and, you know, one minute it may go three yards, the next minute it may go 10 yards or what have you, um, and it's back and forth, it, then it's very hard to really be a, a little bit more aggressive because you don't want to, you know, open yourself up to a position where you think, okay, I, you know, my last one I approach, I hit it, you know, a nice little three yard fade and it just landed perfect. And the next one ends up being two or three times that and you're, you know, in trouble or you're, you're not even ma- hitting the green because you've, you've hit it off, off line. So, um, I think that's a great goal to have is to try to tighten up and you're exactly right going to the LPGA uh, you've got to have a tight game because there is so Mm -hmm. much top you know I mean you know watching these girls in and out they've all gone through the same pattern that you have um, getting to to where they are and yeah you don't want to just get your car to get out there and then sort of be all over the place and not being Mm -hmm. able to be truly competitive so yeah the Epson tour is a great place to, to tighten that game up so walk us through uh, Amelia's uh, a day in Amelia's life so and I'm talking about when you're out on tour when you're actually the weeks that you're playing um, as opposed to your off weeks how much is dedicated to practice time just uh, sort of a general idea um, is there a workout in a nutritional uh, routine that you go through uh, or are you pretty um, you know normal in that respect I mean some people have a very strict workout regimen uh, others stick to a a good, uh, solid nutritional habit, or are you somebody that doesn't necessarily religiously do that, uh, but you are certainly conscious? Give us an idea of uh, what the day in the life of Amelia would be out on tour.
3: Yeah, so usually get to an event on a Monday. Um, Depending, you know, it's been a lot easier this year uh, knowing all the courses. So last year, my rookie year, I was definitely trying to get out and play uh, the course and figure that out. Rather than this year, I'm kind of getting to events and I've already played the course, so I can kind of be a little bit uh, less focused on playing and actually uh, working on some shots that I know uh, the course requires. So, you know, on Monday I'll, I'll get there and that's kind of just the travel day. Um, I might go out and do some short game and hit a few, but basically, yeah, workout-wise, I... Work out on a Tuesday and maybe a Wednesday. Um, I'm not too big on, you know, getting in the gym and lifting weights. For me, it's more. I do a lot of uh, activation and band work, for, uh, just the movement stuff in my swing and what I'm actually trying to do uh, with the golf swing, rather than lifting weights and getting stronger um that's probably just you know if if I hit it 50 yards shorter I think I'd be in the gym a lot more than what I am so I'm I'm lucky in that regard um but I do try and keep my body in check and uh you know stretching and physios basically every day of the week um but yeah Monday and Tuesday are usually the days that I allow myself to you may, maybe get the camera out and and look at how my swing's um working get on Trackman and see what my numbers are for that week and maybe do a few tweaks if I need to but by by Wednesday I'm kind of just getting fully into you know going out and playing 9 or so and actually playing with some friends and putting something on the line um so I get to the first tee and I'm not You know, I haven't been out of a competitive mindset for four or five days. Um, So, yeah, it's it's nice to have those few days now where last year I hadn't seen the course and I was really focusing on learning about the course and actually getting out there and playing, whereas this year I can just go and, you know, play nine and nine and then go and play the pro-am or something. Um, But, yeah, it's it's really dependent on how I'm feeling too. Um, If my game's feeling good, I'll literally just go out and play 18 and feel like um, I'm just being as focused and mentally in the zone as possible, I guess, Um, rather than standing on the range. I feel like I don't get much from being on the range. If I'm standing on the range for a couple hours a week of a tournament, um, i I don't think it's probably going to be a great week for me. Um, I'd rather get out there and play and and really just try and figure out, you know, the shots that are required for that week. And that's the tough thing about being on tour is every course needs something different. Um, I know this week it's, it's quite wide open, um, but around the greens, you know, we've got thick rough and there could be a bit of wind out there um, this week. So... Just been working on a few of those like mid iron knock down shots and um, that got me into a little bit of trouble here last year where I didn't really have that shot and it was spinning up a little bit too much so have been working on those uh the last couple of weeks and yeah we just try and stay as mentally uh clear about what this course needs and also um yeah, just just also rest, you know, like I think we had four weeks in a row the last month, um, so you, your body does need rest and your mind needs rest as well. So not being too hard on myself in terms of getting out there and playing too much. Um, but, yeah, no, the game's feeling good right now, so just really trusting that.
1: Yeah, and it's really about balance. I mean, you know, you have to have obviously some downtime, and you have to be able to focus on other things other than golf. Obviously, golf is your, um, you know, to put it bluntly, is your job right now. Um, you know, moving forward down the road, there may it may morph into something different. But right now, that's what your uh, profession is, and that's what you're excited about. And 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 you have to find a, a good balance. Otherwise, you burn yourself out, and then, you know, it it uh, it's a more short lived career than what you probably like. So you have to find that balance. And and I think it's good too that you're not, uh, and again, for every player it's different, that you're not you know, spending so much time out on the range all the time that um, you actually undo some of the work that you're doing. You're overthinking the process all the time, and that, that's not a good yeah. thing either. So um, yeah, I think you've, you've got a nice balance there. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
2: What do you like best about playing professional golf?
3: Um, I think it's probably most, the most rewarding career ever. Um, you know, I, I, I got off to a slow start this year and, you know, you kind of start to panic and I think you compare uh, yourself to others and you can almost start to think, oh no, this isn't looking good. Um, and then just something, something good happens and, it feels like all the hard work has paid off. And um, I actually, you know, I hadn't got off to a great start this year and had been telling my parents, like, everything was feeling good. It just, I just wasn't putting the numbers up. Um, and then I managed to sneak my way into the US Open um, in one of the qualifiers a few weeks back after not really playing, uh, well, I felt like I was playing Pretty good, but it just hadn't had any results. And then for that to happen, it just felt like, you know, a sense of um, yeah, it just it's so rewarding, you know, the the amount of work you put in, and not you know every day's not going to go your way, and but when it does, like it's the best feeling in the world. Um, and I I just love trying to get better every single day. Um. And obviously golf um, i'm I'm pretty good at it, so um to be able to go out and play golf and and learn learnings what I love to do and to be able to learn about my game about who I am as a person and to see some sort of results um is is really rewarding
2: for sure, so that's probably what I like most awesome. And what do you do for fun?
3: Um, I actually, I love being, I'm, I'm a very social person. Um, I think I'm a bit of a social butterfly. So, yeah, you know, I, I do love my own time. That's why I play golf. But I also love hanging out with friends. And I think being around people recharges my battery. Um, So I always try and, go out and hang out with friends um, as much as I can. I think having my cousin out on the bag this year has made a huge difference as well in terms of how much um, enjoyment I'm having out here, just being able to have someone who's almost like my older brother um, with me out on the golf course um, has been great. But, yeah, definitely don't really have much of a hobby, I'd say. Um, I... I like to cook when I'm back home, but right now I'm in a hotel with not even a microwave or a fridge, so that's uh, not one for the list this week. But, yeah, I love being around people and and uh, hanging out with friends. Good. Ted?
1: Yeah, you have to have, as I said uh, earlier, you have to have balance and everything, and it's important to sort of recharge those batteries, as you pointed out, uh, Amelia, because you know, being out, you know, three, four weeks in a row, um, and, and just, you know, out there grinding, grinding, grinding all the time. Um, you've got to just sometimes go and laugh with your friends and, and, you know, communicate whether it's on social media or picking up the phone and, and, uh, you know, shooting a text, a group text or something and just having a few laughs. And, um, and I see you're a bit of a Netflix and, uh, connoisseur, if you will, you enjoy watching some good movies. So that's kind of nice just to um, kick off the golf shoes and, and relax a little bit. Um, but I, I, I think it goes to what you said earlier. It's really all about balance. And I think you've got a, a, a good, a good handle on that. And I think, you know, as you mentioned very early on in our discussion is you're starting to see your, what is, you, I think you said nine tournaments in the season and you, out of, what, 20 something. So, um you're not quite the halfway mark yet but uh so you got lots of golf left but you're trending in the right direction so i think that's uh that's a good thing and you very clearly recognize the areas that you you need to sort of drill down on uh to to make those numbers um, you know be even better as the season progresses so i think you're on a great track and as always uh, we appreciate you coming on and giving of your time and and uh, we're going to let you go and get some practice in and, and uh, get ready for this week's event. So thank you very much for uh, joining this week, and you are always welcome to come back and, and talk with Cindy and I. Right, thank
3: you so much, Tim, Cindy. Lovely to talk to you
2: guys. You too. Good
1: luck. All right. Thank you. Good luck See you this week.
2: Later. Bye.
1: Bye. All right, Amelia Garvey, the um, LPGA Epson Tour player uh, up in Michigan this week. Um, very good attitude, wouldn't you agree? I, think, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, when I was looking at I was saying earlier, when I was looking at the stats and I saw that 289 shot out at me, because I don't think she's real tall. I mean, she's not short, short, but she's not real tall. That's a pretty big number. I think you said a few years back, uh, one of the other young ladies that uh, could hit it out there mile, I think you were interested in buying some yards off her, didn't you say?
2: Yeah. I, I think out. I'm in that.
1: Yeah, I think I'm in that category now, too, because I'm as I'm aging, those, those numbers are rolling back instead of rolling forward. But anyways, um, it is what it is. But uh, we wish her certainly the, the best of luck and not all of them, really. They're they're all great young ladies, uh, very professional. And, and uh, you know, they're they're doing something that they enjoy, that they've worked very, very hard on. And uh, it can be tough sometimes. And, you know, being it on tour, on um, both tours, um the uh, regular LPJ and then also uh the legends tour that it can be it can be tough out there right
2: yeah it is and you know what she's right you, you try 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 and uh
1: depressing too yeah you know and i yeah and 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 you know we've talked about this before you know this is something that you have to you know, I mean, the girls that we're talking to, I mean, they've got a physical game that, that you know, rivals the majority of amateurs in many cases. Um, but it really boils down to their, their mental uh, acumen, if you will. If, if they're not able to get their mind right, I don't care how good of a ball striker you are, um, yeah, you're going to go out there and you can hit some great shots. But if you can't really, you know, laser in with your mind on what you need to do and, and stay calm and, and relaxed and, and, you know, step up when needed to, um, then it makes for a very challenging season. And, uh, some girls, you know, I think, uh, handle that, that pressure very well. And others, uh, it, it's a continual journey. It's, it's a journey for everyone, but I think it's some, it's obviously much harder for, for than others. So, um, you know, kudos and hats off to these young ladies for, for doing what they do. Cause it's, it's not easy. And I think a lot of people glamorize the, tour life and thinking, Oh, this is great. They're out there playing golf and blah, blah, blah. And it is a lot of fun and there is some, some upsides to it, but it is very challenging as, as I know you can attest to. So, all right, we're going to jump into our discussion. Uh, What's a good golf warm up routine. Uh, Some of you might ask that Uh, a few of you kind of get out there a little bit scattered brain and not sure what to do. So we're going to throw out a few suggestions. Um, Again, you can modify and adjust according that, that fits your schedule uh, but these are some things that I think that will help get you on the right track. So, um, Cindy, we all know that the first few holes of, of golf can sort of set the tone for the rest of the round, right? If you're off to a bad start, uh, that can really sort of knock you off the rails and just make for a miserable 18 holes or even nine in some cases. Um, and But I think if you have a good warm-up routine that gets you as prepared as best as possible um, on any given day, um, it gives you certainly some, some solid structure and it's going to help you uh, be more focused. So we're going to talk about some things. And I think the first thing a lot of people do not do or not very well, and that is uh, some a warm-up with stretching. And, you know, I recommend, and I'm just sort of, again, you may have some different thoughts here. I think just a couple of minutes, you don't have to do a 15, 20-minute, you know, uh, yoga routine or anything like that. You can do that another time. But I think a good couple of minutes, maybe even three minutes if you have the time um, because what you're really trying to do here, I think, and, and I think you would agree, is you're trying to loosen up the hips, uh, your spine, your thoracic spine, and also your shoulders, um, because those are the areas that are going to be actively involved um, most, um, and those are the ones you obviously have to guard against any potential injuries, um, more so, I think, than anything else. What are your thoughts here? Do you have any favorite warm-up routines that you've had over the, over the years um, when you were playing and, and even now?
2: No, I really don't. I just try to stretch. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, do you? I don't. I won't really say I have a favorite. Um, you know, I, I've done the typical where you you know slide the usually obviously an iron, um, where I'll put that in behind off the back, and I will uh, have it the the shaft will rest on my el the inside of my elbows where the bend is, and I will you know twist both ways both in the back swing, just to sort of loosen up the spine. Um, I think there's a lot of great stretches if you're, you know, if you're uh, riding in a golf cart, for instance, if you're playing in a golf cart um, when you're getting ready before you get up to the first tee, um, I think it's a good idea to sort of just use one of the, the bars, one of the, you know, what I would call the roll bar, and and just sort of stand there and then do some, some almost like a lunge, just sort of lunge down to stretch those those calves and those those upper thighs and and even help stretch the back a little bit. You can kind of bend over uh, sort of like a, a 90 degree and uh, again, don't overdo it, but uh, just stretch so, the, so you start to feel a little bit of a pull and don't bounce. I see people bouncing all the time. That's a no, no, because that's a good way, especially on a cool day. Um, that's a good way to, to uh, cause an injury, but it, it's important to stretch yourself for sure for at least a couple of minutes before you get out. And what I normally recommend is if you've done that, when you're up in the practice area, um, it's a good idea to do a few, maybe another half a minute when you get up to the first tee before you're, you're teeing off um, because you might, you know, uh, the muscles might get a little cooled off uh, if it's, you know, 5, 10 minutes uh, or 20 minutes later after you've been warming up. So, um, you know, hitting balls and things like that, believe it or not. Um, so I think a couple-minute of minute warm-up stretch is a good idea. Um, you don't have to get really fancy. There's a lot of great ones on. Um, the uh, TPI, which is the uh, Titleist, uh um my mind just went blank, but um, they have a lot of great stretching routines uh, on- online. You can get a lot of great golf instructors um, have some as well in their video archives, so you might want to check that out. Uh, and talk to your, um, you know, if you've got a, a chiropractor that you uh, regularly see for some reason, uh, talk to them as well, what's what's safe stretches and things like that. Um, I think also, to Cindy, a golf warm-up on the driving range. And, again, you don't need to spend – this is a warm-up. This is not a full-blown practice session. Um, it might be 15 minutes. So you want to warm up your swing, uh, work out, uh, see where, where that little ball, uh, white ball is going to be heading that day. And here's just a general approach. I'm going to run through a couple of these, then I'll get your thoughts on this. So I like to do – I like to start with my uh, pitching wedge, and I'm not necessarily aiming at a specific target right away. It's just a warm-up. So I might hit five balls with that pitching wedge – Uh, just with some pitching swings, Um, then I might hit five more, uh, and I'm going to aim it now at that uh, 100-yard sign, let's say, or or maybe a pin that's roughly at that uh, distance. And most ranges um, will have some yardage markers, so you can sort of use those as as a guide. Um, But you want to warm up. Initially, you don't want to be aiming specifically at a target with your pitching wedge, but then maybe the next five balls, then you want to be a little bit more uh, dialed in. Um, also, uh, same thing, five balls with an aim iron, uh, aim at that 150-yard uh, sign. You may not hit it that far, but that's, you want to have something, a target that you're going at. Uh, same thing, another five balls with your five-arm. Uh, again, you're going to aim at that maybe 200-yard sign. You're not going to necessarily hit it that far, so you maybe you want to aim to bounce and hit it that, that far. And we'll go through a couple more here in a second, but what are your thoughts, Cindy? I mean, I, I think when you're warming up, you want to get used to a variety of different clubs that you know you're probably going to be playing at any given time. Um, but you don't want to overkill it either. What are your thoughts?
2: I just start with a few sandwiches, doing small swings, you know, mm-hmm. just to warm up, and then I do a little bigger swing. I practice hitting shorter shots first, you know, where am I gripping down on the club, take a few little swings. I, I pretend I'm swinging to a clock, you know, seven to fives, eight to fours, nine to threes, waist high to waist high, then bigger, then bigger. Then take some full swings. Then I take a longer club, and work my way up to woods. You know that's how I start, just to warm up. Right.
1: Yeah, and and again, you, you can adjust these um, any way that you feel best. But the idea is really the, the purpose of this discussion. I think is really to give you a guide to work from. Again, you can make adjustments accordingly based on you know maybe your abilities and the time frame and so forth. But You want to have some sort of a guide. What I see all the time, and I'm sure you've seen this with a lot of, um, especially the high-handicap players out there, um, they they don't have any sort of organized warm-up routine. They just get out there and, you know, hit a couple little chips and, you know, maybe go to the putting green and putt a few, uh, you know, six- or eight-foot putts. They might do a couple of three-foot putts. There's no organization to it. So really what what we're trying to do here is to give you some kind of a structure to work from, certainly to build from. And then you can, as I said, adjust accordingly. And again, you know, getting to some of the higher clubs, you know, you might want to um, hit um, maybe just three or four balls with three wood, um, but aims through a gap. So let's say you take roughly a 15-yard gap. Um, the purpose of that is to try and keep it within that, that distance. doesn't matter how far it's going at this point. I'm not worried so much about that, but it's more about accuracy. So that if I'm hitting my three wood out in the golf course, I know, okay, if I keep it, can keep it within that 15-yard gap, it helps, as as Amelia was talking about earlier, to be able to be a little bit more accurate with approaches. If you have to hit a longer three-wood approach or, or even off the tee, if I know I'm keeping it within a, roughly a 15-yard gap, it gives me an idea of how to aim appropriately. Same thing with the driver. Uh, you know, do the same thing. You, know, three, you don't have to hit tons of balls. Uh, and then you want to practice that first tee shot, maybe one to three attempts with that. Um, and this will help to give you confidence moving forward. And it lets you know that uh, you're going to be able to hit any shot as needed. Again, you might hit some bad ones out there uh, warming up, but it gives you a general idea. And then I think, Cindy, uh, as you were pointing out, now you want to spend maybe five to ten minutes, again, not a great deal, more on the short game warm-up. So now you want to get a little bit more specific on that. So you were talking about you know, some sand wedges and sort of uh, being specific on how far you take it back and how far you follow it through. Um, but I think maybe generally a, a five to 10 minute uh, sort of chipping and, and maybe short pitch shots, I think is good to add on there as well. Right. Well, I
2: start with that just to warm up. And then I work my way up into the longer clubs. So I start right. with that just to warm up. And then I, I work my way up into a bigger swing. Then I take a longer club and then I, you know, an iron and then I will do a hybrid and then I'll do a fairway wood, then I'll hit some drivers, then I'll go back and hit some wedges, and then I'll go to the putting green and then I'll go tee off.
1: Yep. And and like I said, you can, you can do it really any way you want. A lot of people do it that way. I agree. Um, And, and again, you have to find what, what works best for you because everybody's different, but I I agree. I think you need to sort of start gradual and and sort of almost like you're building to a crescendo in, in some ways. Um, with those warm-ups and um, the the real key thing to take away from this um, is it is a warm-up routine you're not trying to change or alter your swing you're not trying to monkey around with your um, grip and things like that those are things that you work in a full-on practice session when you uh, are not getting ready to play and maybe you're working with your instructor Um, Those are things that you're going to be working on. And when you're not with your instructor but you want to practice some of the things that he or she has taught you, that's when you work a little bit more diligently and maybe spend a little bit more time. But this is just something, a guide, when you're getting ready to play, maybe in that corporate event or you're getting ready to just play with your your buddies on the weekend, um, you want to have some sort of a guide. Because the, the problem, as I mentioned earlier, is there's such an inconsistency in how people warm up. And then they get out in the golf course and everything falls you know, by the wayside. So just a very quick recap on the short game. Um, some of the things that I like to do is I might, uh, you know, pick uh, 8 to 10-yard chips off the green and hit uh, maybe another 5 to 10, trying to um, hole, you know, I'll make a game that I'll try to hole each shot. I know I'm not going to, but I'll try. Uh, and this helps to get me target focused. Uh, and then I might s- select, you know, a couple of other key shots and, you know, three or four or five balls each for them. So it might be a 15-yard chip from the rough. As an example, maybe a 30-yard bump and run uh, or even a 10-yard bunker shot. Um, um, And, again, I'm just giving those as examples. You don't have to be specific, but just to give you a general idea of some things to focus on. Um, And then the last one, of course, is putting, again, you know, five to ten minutes. And there's really two things that you're really looking for, I think, here, Cindy. And that is um, you're wanting to obviously build confidence, but also understanding the the pace of the greens. Um, What are your thoughts here as far as putting? What, What do you try to get your students to do when they're working on, uh, you know, whether it's a warm-up or otherwise, but what are you trying to get them to understand when they're in the putting circle?
2: The speed of the green. So I have them put their feet shoulder-width apart, take three balls and make strokes with the width of their feet being the width of their shoulders, and they're going to hit three putts, and the width of the stroke is the width of their shoulders. They're not going to putt to a hole, and they're going to see how far the ball rolls, and then they're going to try to make all three balls roll the same distance. So they're not hitting it with any distinctive effort. And then they're going to walk off those balls, and that's going to be their key for the day. So, again, you're not hitting to a cup. You're taking three strokes. The width of your stroke is the width of your feet. And you're going to go da-dump, dump So each stroke is going to go um, the width of your feet. You're going to walk off the putt. It might go four or five steps. That's your key for the day. So when you get on the green and you're playing golf, you're going to walk off your putt. And if you have a putt that's four steps and your key was four steps, you're going to make the width of your stroke be four steps. So you're never hitting the ball harder or softer. You're changing the width of your stroke. Therefore, You don't hit yeah. it softer, and, we make the stroke bigger or shorter. Yeah. Hopefully that and, makes and sense.
1: That's a really No, that makes perfect sense. And that's a really great point because, you know, I remember in Nicholas's Golf My Way, he talked about, and he wasn't just talking about putting, but he was talking about the full swing as well. You know, he never changes his swing. Uh, and, of course, he's talking about his full swing. He swings exactly the same. It's just different clubs um so if he's you know hitting whether he's hitting a seven iron or a nine iron or even his driver he's essentially making the swing, same swing i mean it might go back the club may go back a little bit further depending on the club he's using but the idea is he didn't want to modify so that's a great point with putting as well is again we see people modifying not the, the distance that they're taking the the putter back and through but they're either slowing or speeding up and it it adds for a lot of inconsistency. So I, I like what you're saying. And and really what you're saying in, in a roundabout way is to sort of set a benchmark for the day by doing that little practice yeah. step and, and pacing it off as you're saying, okay, this is my benchmark. I know if I do this, this is how far today those putts are going to go. And obviously there's going to be variations depending on slope and things like that, but that generally gives you some kind of a benchmark a benchmark, excuse me, to work with. And I think that's what you're trying to do, right?
2: Correct. Correct, yeah. correct,
1: correct. Yeah. And, you know, you can do certain things. Again, you know, these are just some tips to, to help you. You can kind of do your own thing, but just to, to have a guide to work with. Um, and, and putting some of the things that I like to, you know, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes people sort of work these six to eight feet, uh, you know, tricky putts, and, and they think that, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't really achieve a lot of the things that you want. So you might want to start off with some short putts and, and. Um, you know, maybe five to 10 balls and you might want to focus on a target, the back of the hole. Um, and you might want to try to hole all of those pots just to, to, get comfortable with that. And then maybe, you know, move out uh, from the hole and, and do the same thing. So those are things that you can do as well. And then maybe select a few 15 to 40 foot pots to see how close you can get each ball. There's different games. I, I look at those as kind of games, but the idea is you want to spend about five uh, to 10 minutes no more than that on the putting surface. And again, this is when you're getting ready to go out and play that day. Um, and the last one is sort of a, a golf mental warm-up. Uh, again, maybe two to three minutes. This is obviously com- commonly missed out and yet uh, is very important for performance. Uh, before your rounds, you, sh- you should know what score uh, you'd be happy with. Uh, you should really already have a developed and a solid course management strategy. And now you want to focus on the process of hitting some great shots throughout your round. So um, just some examples. And again, uh, I'll get your thoughts here in a moment, you know, during this warm-up, refine your swing thoughts and focus for each area of your game. So um, you don't want to get on that first tee and sort of be suddenly thinking yourself, what am I trying to do again? Um, So you might want to have some key swing thoughts, focus for the long game, Uh, same swing thought, uh, something uh, swing thought for your chipping and pitching and same thing for your putting. So, um, And they may vary. Some people, it may be the same. But I think you have to have something specific that you're thinking about. And I'm not talking about mechanics. So give me your thoughts here, because this is an area, too, that I think a lot of amateurs really struggle with, is they get too many things going in their head, where sometimes just a simple swing thought uh, or key to focus on during various parts of their game is really all they need. What What are your thoughts here, Cindy?
2: Tell me again. What do you mean?
1: Okay, so if you're warming up for the mental side of the game, so if you're getting ready to play um, and you're getting ready to address the ball, you're going to have certain swing thoughts. It may be, you know, slow and smooth. It may be, um, you know, one, two or whatever the case is. That's what I'm talking about. So you might have a mental swing key or thought in order to help you stay focused on the task at hand, rather than thinking about a bunch of swing mechanics. That make sense?
2: Yeah. So, you got to have a pre-shot routine. you got to plan the shot. So you're going to stand back and say, okay, how far do we have? How far do we need to go? What's the playable yardage? Pick your club. Walk into it, right? Set up. And then you're going to say, okay, um, while you're standing over the ball, you have to have a swing thought of, so I'm a visual. So I pretend I'm Mm -hmm. spiked to a pole, so I can't move. I'm a visual auditory. So while I'm spiked to the pole, I I think to myself, swing, hinge, kill. So I'm always thinking about what I'm doing while I'm doing it. So I'm thinking of while I'm swinging what I'm doing while I'm swinging. But it's very right-brained while I'm doing it. I'm not thinking, oh, I got to hit it close or what am I shooting or how many over am I or don't hit it in the bunker thinking of what I'm doing with the club while I'm doing it, and it's very right-brained. Why do I do that? So I can control what I'm doing with the club. So if I tell the club what to do, I tell the ball what to do. Right. Now, it's not 25 right. things. You know, I'm spiked to the pole, which tells me don't move, right? So I don't want to try to lunge at it and kill it, and swing, hinge which is my toss under and release it now everybody's right. got a different swing thought a lot of people don't think while they're swinging or they're trying to hit a close which is a outcome thought you can't think outcome thoughts while you're swinging
1: right right and, and that, that's the point. point yeah and that's really the point I'm trying to make is again whatever it is and that's something that you can work with your 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 um, swing coach and what have you, those are things. And I guarantee it, you know, this is something I wish now in hindsight we had have asked uh, Amelia um, when she is in that position, what her swing thoughts or keys are, um, you know, when she's standing over the ball. Because, again, you, you know, we've seen over the years a lot of people will stand. In fact, I just saw it not too long ago, um, you know, where somebody was standing over. I was watching a, uh, somebody do a, a golf school um, uh, two weeks ago. And I was watching one of the students out there and he was hitting his driver and he was standing and he just like frozen over the, you know, with the club and and in his position um, for, you know, three minutes, every single shot. And I don't know what he was thinking about or what he was looking at, but, and, you know, and he was so inconsistent. Um, And it reminded me a little bit of, I remember, you know, um, Sergio Garcia, you know, back a few years ago when he was, you know, constantly gripping and re-gripping his club to the point where it was actually, you know, they were making a joke of it, but it was obviously creating slow play. But, you know, he was obviously had something that he was doing and it was so much that it was actually hampering his ability. Now you don't see him do that. So I think it's important for the mental side of the game to really focus on what you want to do, go through your pre-shot routine as you point out, then I think it's a good idea to have some sort of a key swing thought uh, or focus for you know and it might be the same thing for all parts, some people may have something different for each part of the game uh that's fine too, as long as you keep it as simple as possible so just to sort of quickly wrap up as as uh, we get ready to go here is uh, the, the things that we're talking about, and again, I can't emphasize this enough and, and just by the way, if you add up the time that I mentioned here, um it takes around thirty minutes to complete, so that's plenty of time um for for a warm up, and I think that you should certainly 20 minutes. I don't think any less than that. I don't think any more than 30 minutes um, is necessary. But you need to spend, I would say, a good 20 minutes warming up before you hit the course. And if you're showing up and you've got five minutes before you're about to tee off, then you you might as well turn around and go home because you're not going to be able to accomplish very much, um, in a in and in get a good warm up before you get out there. Um, especially if you're doing a couple of minutes just to stretch and things. So. Um, those are some things, Cindy, is there anything that you want to add or, or I think we've covered a lot of things, but, and again, uh, it's just to give you a guide to work from, you can modify and adjust any things that we've discussed. And if you're unclear, you know, after the end of the show, go back and listen to the recorded version, skip down to the second half of the show and listen to some of these things again, and then uh, adapt according to your abilities and also to what you feel and talk about it with your coach or, or your, uh, teacher professional and get it some sort of a game plan, a good warm-up routine for you. But any any final thoughts? Nope. You did great. Thank you. Um, well, you know what? I, I think it's important, and I, I, as I know you do, we just want people to go out and enjoy this game, have fun, and be able to play the best golf that they can play. And the only way they're going to be able to do that is to organize themselves, just like a job. You know, Just because you're not playing on tour – look at, you know, look at this as sort of a second job. I want to get out there. I want to improve my golf game. And the only way to do that is to really focus on what you need to do and have some sort of a game plan. When you go out there, don't just show up at the golf course and just sort of rake and hit balls and not have any sort of a, uh, a warm up routine. So this is a guide for you to work from again, tweak it as you feel appropriate, work with your coach on this, if need be, or your, or your teaching pro. Um, and, um, Just keep that as as a warm-up routine to to sort of guide you um, as you get ready to play next. But on that note, um, thank you, my dear. As always, uh, I I enjoy our discussions. And uh, thanks again. Special thanks to Amelia Garvey for joining us a little bit earlier on the show from the LPGA Epson Tour. Uh, Good luck again in uh, the rest of the season. And uh, thank you for tuning in as well, everybody. We appreciate it. And on that note, thank you, Cindy. And we will see you next week here on the Women of Golf.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 AM Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Live, and of course, Spotify. To get updates on the show, You can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.